0: i It's my honor in just a moment to welcome Gail Berkowitz and Carol Levy to come to this pulpit and offer words tonight in lieu of a sermon from me. And there is so much I could say about both of them. However, I know they can say it much better. So I'm going to be quiet now as I welcome them to the BIMA to give tonight's sermon.
1: Good evening i'm carol levy that's gail berkowitz and our pronouns are both she and her parasha bamidbar refers to the taking of census of the tribes we read that the only ones counted were men of draftable age 20 to 60 years or in the case of the levites males one month and older. The rest presumably weren't counted. I'm not saying they didn't count, but it's hard to feel as if one counts if one is not recognized. One feels invisible, faceless, even though we know that people were created, bitzer Elohim, in the image of God. Rabbi Denise Egger,
0: in the book that Rabbi Jeremy already showed you, says, we celebrate our Jewish souls without denying our lived experiences as members of the LGBTQ community. We celebrate our LGBTQ souls while celebrating our Jewish identities.
1: To tell our story, we have to go back a ways, quite a ways. I started off life as a tomboy. My mother tried her best to make a lady of me, and it just didn't take. She often said that I followed in the footsteps of my Aunt Barbara of blessed memory. When Bobby broke a bone doing something like falling out of a tree when she was little, the doctor came. His comment became a family story the little Tom lad. I continued to follow in her footsteps as many years later she married the woman of her dreams. I was totally ignorant of LGBTQ existence. I remember being confused by the grade school prohibition against wearing green on Thursdays, which supposedly showed that one was... That way. Not that way. What way, I wondered. I'm not sure that I knew there was such a thing as a lesbian until I was in college, or perhaps later. Yes, I was a late bloomer.
0: As was I. When I did come out, I was fortunate enough to come out in Houston which has the largest lesbian community except San Francisco. I was delighted to find that this community included a book club, dances, lesbian communities and speakers and conferences, and many special events in addition to the usual bars, which in Houston, by the way, were quite nice. When I came out to my mom, her initial reaction was to be fearful and very upset. She told me I could not tell my dad because it would kill him. And of course, when they next were due to visit in Houston, I had to straighten up my apartment, which means I had to remove any indications of my lifestyle. After carefully removing all the lesbian books from my bookshelf, however, I replaced a few randomly. So if seen, and I hoped they would be, it would seem as though they'd been forgotten. After Mom got to know Carol, however, and saw our relationship and commitment, she finally understood. When Mom moved here in 2011, the three of us became a close and fun-loving family. At work, I tried to treat my sexual orientation as a non-issue, not hiding, not flaunting. At the Houston Business Journal, I was out and accepted as both a Jew and a lesbian. So much so, that my coworkers were comfortable taking me out to lunch and quizzing me about almost every aspect of my lifestyle. When I moved to Memphis, Memphis City Schools was not as welcoming. I could have been fired at any time because there were no protections for LGBTQ people in their non-discrimination policies. And of course, As soon as a new principal came to school, I was outed to the new principal. I'm surprised I did not get fired that day.
1: This brings us to our time together. We met when we were each sent to a nationwide conference of volunteer Girl Scout song leaders. A woman came up to me and said, I'll trade t-shirts with you. I thought she was nuts. Hers just might not fit me. But she was friendly. We struck up quite a friendship. Afterwards, we ended up talking by phone about once a week. She was a brand new teacher and I offered advice, sympathy. Lots of sympathy. She needed it. Mm -hmm. And books for her kindergarten class. After a while, we realized that we were in a long-distance relationship. Scary. Until? Until we decided that it was
0: time to move in together. It made more sense for me to move to Memphis because Carol was close to retirement. So here I am. Shortly afterwards, Carol became extremely sick and was diagnosed with pulmonary hypertension. When her mom came to help, she was very pleased to see our commitment to each other. And this was without having said, in sickness and in health. That was when she really started treating me as a family member. In Memphis, we found that Reformed Judaism and Temple Israel are not just tolerant, but accepting and welcoming. As a matter of fact, we have also felt that love from other parts of our wider Memphis Jewish
1: community, people that we've interacted with. For example, just before Gail moved to Memphis, I went to the JCC to upgrade my membership to include her. I asked if they would give us the same rate given to married couples. I had all of my arguments ready to explain just why they should, but the membership woman astounded me by saying, yes. I must have looked as shocked as I felt because she continued, we don't discriminate. And then came the 2000 CCAR resolution, officially backing any rabbi's decision to preside over a gay union, they didn't call it marriage, through appropriate Jewish ritual. In Memphis, this was announced by an article complete with a picture of Rabbi Danziger on the front page of the commercial appeal. Reaction, both pro and con, came swiftly and volubly. The rabbis did what rabbis do best. They decided that education was in order. They called a meeting to explain the reasoning behind the decision and why such a resolution was necessary. Then they opened the floor for questions and comments. Whether for or against the resolution, congregants referred to they or them, as if none of those people could possibly be in the room. Remember when I talked about feeling invisible? So I was the last to speak. I introduced myself and said that I was going to give a face to the faceless. I said that I'd met a wonderful woman, and if things progressed as I'd like, I'd love to have that appropriate Jewish ritual right here in Temple.
0: When we approached Rabbi Micah about having our prenuptial blessing at Temple, we asked him if he needed to consult with the board. He replied, why would I need to consult with the board? and also promised that if there were any flack from anyone, we would never know about it.
1: I also went to see Rabbi Micah to find out if that appropriate Jewish ritual had ever been developed. He gave us an inclusive book on the subject. The author, a rabbi who lived in the New York area, agreed to officiate. That ceremony was a full Jewish wedding, complete with lesbian rabbi, chuppah, and two broken wine glasses.
0: And, I might add, from friends of ours from all over the country. Now my mother, who had been so, so fearful at first, didn't just come to our civil union she also supported us by baking challah for our blessing and every type of cookie that her mother had ever taught her to bake. It was wonderful.
1: Now backing up a little bit, our friends had quite a variety of reactions when we came out to them or later. I'm missing the next page. Oh. allow me. The absolute worst came just after the 2015 Supreme Court decision legalizing same-sex marriages. A few days after that, I was in the room with a group of Jewish men who were discussing the Supreme Court decision. One elderly man, now I've gotta say, he was a wonderful man, and had many, many vote to his credit. But he said, when I was a boy, I studied Torah. I learned that in the Torah, it says that you take people like that out and kill them. Oh, I'm still going. Sorry. Um, I I was speechless, just like now. And I slipped quietly out of the room. Now? Now.
0: My high school friend, Marsha, whom, with whom I had kept in touch over the many years. And who's watching us now. Yes, she is from Hi, Marcia. Alexandria, Virginia. Hi, Marsha. Well, Marsha knew me quite well. She also knew there was something I wasn't telling her, that I was not telling her about all the activities in my life. I was not telling her everything I'd been doing. So after she probed and prodded and poked, I finally told her what she'd been missing. What was her reaction? Well, she was terribly insulted and said, well, why didn't you tell me sooner? So this is still, has always been and is still a wonderful friendship.
1: A dear friend of mine, another Girl Scout volunteer, told me several times, I just don't understand. I know that some people are attracted to people of the same sex, but I just don't get it. When I finally got sick of listening and uttering understanding phrases, I told her, you know, I have friends who are attracted to people of the opposite sex. I understand that. that it happens frequently, but I just don't get it. You know, she never pulled that line on me again.
0: Then at the Oneg Shabbat following our Friday night blessing here in Temple, the week before we took off to Vermont for our legal civil union, a woman came up to us and said that she had two lesbian daughters who lived out of town and that she wished that they were more comfortable being out and that they could have a blessing like ours.
1: My BFF, from the time I was five years old, was very concerned when I came out to her Very sweetly, she asked me, have you discussed this with your rabbi? Yes, I had, and he rejoiced right along with us.
0: And then came the fun retreat weekend with Temple Israel Sisterhood. The whole weekend was fun, but the special part for me came at the very end. The woman who was responsible for making sure that our cabin was clean and cleaned out, and everybody was gone. Was sort of counting out in her head, well, there was Sophie, and there was Jill, and there was so-and-so, and and there was whoever. Oh yeah, and the married couple. That, to me, was such a delight, Mm -hmm. to have her just accept it as a matter of course, that among the sisterhood, there was a
1: married couple. Gail and I have been lucky not to experience harmful personal discrimination, but we know that many LGBTQ people are still living in fear, especially the teens. We've come a long way, all of us, but there's still work to be done, both within Judaism and in the greater community. So let's end as we started, with a quote from our
0: friend, Rabbi Denise Egger. Many religious groups are still struggling to understand their LGBTQ members, and some are outright hostile, using their religion to hound, hunt, and haunt LGBTQ people. Carol and I are hopeful that these attitudes will be overcome sooner rather than later. Can you hear what's on?